0: Special thanks to E&Y for helping us bring you today's P.O. Leadership Snippet Podcast. Welcome to our Snippets Podcast. I'm Leon Goren, CEO and President of P.O. Leadership, North America's premier peer-to-peer network and leadership advisory firm. We've been off the air for a few months, but we're back today, and I'm very excited to welcome Peng Lin, CEO and founder of Viva Scandinavia and the CEO of DNK Enterprises. Peng joined us at P.O. Leadership in the middle of COVID, while our meetings were in the backyard of my home. And he's been an absolute gem to not only our pat Ford group, but to those he's, who he's been able to interact with in the PO leadership community to date. Peng, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you, William. Thank you to be here. So, Peng, you have a very unique background, coming from overseas, born in China. Maybe just give our listeners and our members a little bit of background of where you grew up and how you ended up yeah. here.
1: Well, yeah, sure. So um, I uh, was born in the northern part of China, uh, the Siberian of China, in a city called Harbin, a small city with nine million people. And when I was about uh, 11 years old, um, I moved to Denmark with my parents. And so we immigrated there. And I uh, pretty much uh, had a change of my life having to learn Danish and starting school uh, over there. So in Denmark, I um, I studied uh, business, and two years into university, I uh, unfortunately had to drop out to uh, run my IT business back then, um, where we made mostly integration between uh, ERP system and and, uh, and uh, web applications. So I did that for for two three years, and then one day when I went to China to visit my grandmother, this guy from my uh, office building asked me to find this small magnet for him uh, for uh, for Zwilling, it's a German knife maker, and I went back and uh, they and found, found a factory doing that. And I thought that this margin is pretty good. This is back in 2001. So I thought, okay, this, this is good business, better than this IT thing. So I, I got out of IT and I started to import from, from China into the market. And I did that for a while until 2006, where I met my wife, who's Australian. Uh, I have three kids, so 579 here in Toronto. So So funny enough, I I met this um, uh, Australian girl in in China where I was traveling to. She she had an apartment, so it was a bit of uh, opposite of normal. And we um, got along really well. So so we decided that uh, it's time for me to move back to China. So I moved back to China and instead of buying from local vendors, I started a factory over there. And... From then, and I guess even till now, we have been producing for some of the, the biggest and most known uh, houseware brands uh, globally, and, and basically produced for them on a the contract base. So they, they will give us drawings and we, we will then produce
0: for, for them for, for resale. Just to clarify that, so that's in the it's a glass factory essentially is what you're making glass products, right? So we will be making
1: glass um, and everything from uh, canisters to water glass, water uh, decanter or pitchers, one pitchers, uh, lights, and so on, anything in glass. Um, Our niche is to make very high end glassware. Combined with other materials. And we were really not, we never competed against the uh, local Chinese. We were, we were competing mostly against the Polish and the Czech uh, and Turkish yeah. uh, manufacturers. So, so, for our customers, they could come to China, get a European quality at half of
0: what they would be paying in Europe. So, that, so, so today, I, I mean, you're still doing that for a bunch of luxury brands. But really, where your heart is, I mean you're at, I know you have a passion for tea. And so that's right. what I view in Scandinavia. Is coming. So you've launched your own brand on that. The other thing that I, in our group, at least we were all very fortunate. we got these whiskey glasses that you you make there under the Lytton brand, which has just been fantastic. Talk to us a little bit because you you did things differently in terms of building your brand. You went you're going straight to the consumer. Uh, well, you're actually right. doing both, right? You're doing B 2 B. Uh, and a direct consumer, direct yeah. So, consumer. so like
1: I said, we we've been producing for uh, global brands and retailers, and I've seen you know most of these brands will mark up our uh, cost by up to 12, 18 times the the production value. So, so I would be selling it for them for two dollars, and they would be selling it for. Yeah, 20 or, 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 or even more, 25. So so I realized that uh, the consumers are really not getting a lot for their money. So imagine yeah. that you're paying $100, but only 15 of it goes to the product itself. Everything else is just what's around it. You know, I have a passion for tea. So we saw a hole in the market of well-made, functional and designed tea accessories so we started the brand to fill that that gap and you know it it also it's also one of the reasons that we moved to canada because i wanted to be closer to the to the customers when we we lived in china we were 10 hours flight from my nearest consumer so we, we we never had a good idea of what people really wanted so coming to canada my mission was to sell to my neighbors uh, like i i said to myself i want to sell to my neighbors my next door neighbor and which i do my neighbor buys a lot close uh, <laughs> whiskey he, he drinks a lot of whiskey so he buys whiskey glasses <laughs> and tea. so so i went really from being ultra Far from consumer to almost obsessed uh, selling direct to consumer. One, I want to give the consumer most value for for money, but also just to get the understanding so that we, in our design process, are customer-centric.
0: Yeah. So you and I could talk for hours. There's so many stories to share. But one thing I wanted to bring to the members was until I met you, you know, I'd heard about Kickstarter, how people use it. But you've really developed a couple of products in terms of how you're developing your products and bringing them to market. And I'm wondering if you can share, you know, one or two pieces of that of how you do that, because I think it's just an amazing idea for product development.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kickstarter is definitely a good platform it's, um, um, or crowdfunding in general. It's a, it's a fantastic platform. It's, it's a tough platform because you are facing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of consumers directly. So the good thing is you get the truth about your product. The bad thing is also that you get the truth about your product. So <laughs> yes. in, in that process... You know, we we have developed a process from finding or scouting the product ideas all the way to when it launched, it get launched on Amazon. And Kickstarter plays a big part in this entire process where we start validating the ideas through some of the technology that we have developed. And once a product is validated and we know there's a, a good market fit. Kickstarter is the ultimate validator because you are selling an idea and ask people to pay for your idea. Anything is produced, right? So, so Kickstarter and, and another thing that is um, very interesting with Kickstarter is once you are done with Kickstarter, you have already sales data that you can show to, if you do retail afterwards, you can show the buyers down to the postcode. You can say, you know, in in, in New Jersey, we sold this and this many and the demographic that we sold to, because on Kickstarter, you, you, you we do surveys. So we, we have data on every single customer in the latest campaign we reached about 1.2 million dollars with about i'll say 11,000 customers yeah. and for every single of those 11,000 we we know exactly who they are you know not only where they live we also know their uh, what they work their their job their their income and also we ask questions like how can we improve? You know, what would you like to see on the next version, so that we can uh, we can uh, use that learning for for
0: for the future products. Oh, that's great! You know, it's funny. I I know people listening to this will be okay. Can I reach out to Peng <laughs> and understand it a little more? And I know you are so busy, but I I know you also respond to emails once in a while. Um, Peng, if people no, are happy looking to for your products. Yeah. If, if they're looking for your products today, I mean, shop Viva, number one. Yes. Yeah, Where are they buying the-
1: com, Litton. Com, or they, just on
0: Amazon. All right. So, and those whiskey glasses, we didn't say what was so unique about them, but the mountains that you put in those glasses is what really distinguishes it from anything else. You've been building these mountain collections within the glass itself. And uh, if you get a chance, I, I'd urge all of you to take a look at it and, uh, they're absolutely fantastic. Peng, like I said, we could go on for hours here, but I really wanted yeah. to thank you for your time and thank you for sharing some of your insights with us today. Yeah. If you're interested in any of our live webcasts, the Wave Forward Live, or any other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at poleadership.com. You'll find our very on our site various previous recorded webcasts, which include guests as Morgan Housel, Professor Janice Stein. In the early days, we had Harvard's Rosabeth Cantor, Michael Beer. They're all still there, Dr. Jason South. Mitchell Goldhart lately. Vanessa Bonds was just added early this year as we cover such topics as mental health, leadership, the new world, and a host of others. Thank you for joining us today. Have a great weekend, and we look forward to seeing you again shortly.